The reading is from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in earth and on heaven derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Over the last few Sunday mornings, we've been uh, looking at this series, uh, which we've called Immeasurably More, uh, based on the uh, spring harvest uh, teaching for this year that uh, our family went to earlier in the year. And uh, we've been going through uh, week by week, looking at this same passage in Ephesians chapter 3. I don't know whether you are, are getting fed up with it, but we've, you may have noticed, some of you might not have noticed that we've had the same uh, scripture reading for the last four weeks. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, and it's been good uh, to be able to concentrate on God's word. And just a recap of where we've been, uh, of course, based on on particular on this idea that, that Paul has at the end where he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. And that's what we've been thinking about, the immeasurably more, more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And we started movement one was about higher, and that was reminding ourselves of really how big uh, God is and how often we, we shrink God down to our own size uh, to fit into our thinking and, and what we can cope with and uh, we were reminded of how much higher uh, God is than we can imagine and then movement two was about closer and, and this was the idea that God is closer than we think uh, sometimes we think that God is far away and it, sometimes it may feel like that uh, but we talked about the, the, the fact that it's often it's us that move away from God rather than God that moves away from us. And then in movement three, uh, we were going deeper. And we were thinking about the importance of, uh, of having deep roots uh, in God. And then uh, last week, movement four was about uh, wider. And this was about, you know, uh, wider asking it was about wider thinking, and it was about wider imagining. And uh, during this series, uh, we've had some wonderful testimonies. We've been encouraging people to give uh, testimonies about their experience of God, and we've had some great testimonies. And this morning, Rose is going to uh, come and uh, just bring a little testimony for us. So I thank you, Rose. Rose. 
morning. It's a real privilege to be able to come and share what God's done in my life. Um, I know many of you know that I bring a group of lovely people to church with me each Sunday, but a, a lot of you don't know the background in how that came about, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. Um, in the late 80s, I had a nervous breakdown through a horrific car accident. Not my fault, I might add, but... Um, um, but anyway, it left me in a terrible, dark place for nearly two years. And I used to come to church every Sunday with a big smile on my face, but I was absolutely broken inside. Um, a lot of people knew about it, but it's something that I didn't want to burden people with. And uh, my family knew, obviously, and were very supportive. Uh, during that dark period of my life, God gave me a vision and I couldn't understand it because I didn't feel particularly close to God, but I realize now that it was me that wasn't feeling close to him. He never leaves us or forsakes us, and he certainly was walking with me through that period. Um, but the vision was about, as a lot of you know, that my husband Jim was building a home uh, for us, which we thought was for our retirement, but that vision was about me sharing my home with people. But in that vision... The, the um, small detail wasn't put in. It was just a, a beautiful picture of the home being completed and about um, lots of people milling around. And um, through the, the period that I was recovering, um, it came about through being in touch with Christians that God was taking that adversity in my life and turning it completely around and enabling me to go on and care for people. And um, in 1995, when the house was completed, I started caring for people. Started on a very small, um, in a very small way. I didn't think I'd have the strength to do that after going through a nervous breakdown. But I realise now that God turns things around in a, you know, in His loving, gracious way to make it possible to serve Him. And um, I'm privileged to say that I've been doing it for 20 years now, and it's so rewarding. And this more series that Richard's been um, talking about just made me realize how much more I needed God at that time and how much more God has given me and enabled me to, um, to look after the people. Because in my own strength, I don't feel I could have done it. God's walking with me day by day, enabling me to do that. Um, so I just want to, Julie's read the, the, the uh, immeasurably more, Richard's read it every week, but I just want to reiterate that and say that if anybody is in that dark place this morning, know that God is walking with you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He wants to encourage you to come out of that dark place into his wonderful light. And, um, yeah. God, could, through, through God, he can do immeasurably more than we can ever think, ask, or dare to imagine according to his riches in glory um, with the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Rose, and it's great, isn't it, to hear uh, testimony after testimony of that fact that, uh, that God has immeasurably more uh, than we can ask or imagine. Okay, we come to the, uh, the fifth and final movement in this series, Immeasurably More. And uh, this week we're thinking about going further. 
Uh, we've been higher, we've been uh, closer, we've been uh, deeper, we've been wider, and now we're thinking about going further. And uh, this is really the concentrating on those last words from this, uh, this short passage. This is about the forever and ever. Because uh, you can't go much further, can you, than forever and ever. Because uh, just like the kids with that, with that race, the forever and ever, it just goes on and on and on and it never finishes. And uh, eternity isn't something that we just experience in heaven. Eternity starts the moment we give our lives to Jesus. We are living in eternity now and it goes on forever and ever and ever. So that's what we're thinking about this morning. And, uh, but I want to start by saying we've got to go further through disbelief. Uh, last week I, I asked people to put their hands up if they'd ever been disappointed uh, with God. And uh, lots of hands went up, uh, maybe to people's surprise. And uh, going further with God means going through those disappointments and maybe times of disbelief. Chris Rogers in his book, Immeasurable More, says, As we head forward into the future, we have the hope of endless possibilities, but the heartbreak of unanswered prayer. Miracles never seen and hopes dashed can leave a church feeling jaded and defeatist. The church lives in the moment of now and not yet. It's an awkward time during which we hope and dream, but don't always see. This idea uh, that we live in the now and the not yet. The now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. That's where you and I find ourselves. The kingdom of God has come, but it hasn't come fully. We see it in the passage that we read. Uh, now, uh, this is this is here and now. That's the now. God is able to do immeasurably more in the now, in the here and the now. But the not yet is the forever and ever. The not yet. And sometimes it feels like, doesn't it, that that finishing line keeps being moved to different places, and uh, and we carry on. And sometimes, as Rose has shared, we have to carry on. Through difficult days, through dark days, we carry on. We don't give up. We persevere, as we read in that passage from Hebrews chapter 12. We persevere. We carry on. And so we're thinking about that, the, the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is it's now and not yet. It's a little bit like in the Easter, you know, Holy Saturday. It's interesting, isn't it? We don't really, we don't, we don't meet together on Saturday. So we tend to concentrate on, on Good Friday and of course we remember the fact that Jesus died and he died for our sins. And then we come together, together on Easter Sunday and we celebrate the resurrection. Uh, but we tend to forget Easter Saturday, Holy Saturday. And uh, Holy Saturday in stillness the earth awaits the resurrection. Holy Saturday earth awaits the resurrection. And uh, Pete Grieg, the uh, the, one of the founders of the 24-7 prayer movement. He says this, he says, Holy Saturday seems to me to describe the place in which many of us live our lives. 
waiting for God to speak. We know that Jesus died yesterday. We trust that there may be miracles tomorrow. But what of today? This eternal Sabbath when heaven is silent, where we wonder, where is God now? And for some people, that eternal Holy Saturday seems to be where they live. We know that Jesus has died for our sins, but we are awaiting that resurrection. And it isn't an easy place to be. Uh, as a church, we tend to rush on to Easter Sunday to celebrate. But sometimes we have to recognize those plea people that seem to be living constantly in that uncertainty of that Holy Saturday. And we've heard stories about how God can meet people in those places. These aren't places to be avoided. They're not comfortable places to be, but they're not places to be avoided. So further through disbelief, the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. Uh, we have to kind of be able to live with both those ideas of the now and the not yet. And we have to somehow be able to hold that tension of knowing that Jesus has died for our sins. Hallelujah. And that he rose from the grave. Hallelujah. But he hasn't come again yet. And so it's that now and not yet. Jesus uh, talks about the kingdom of God in Matthew uh, 3, verse 2. Jesus announces that the kingdom of heaven has come near. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he says the kingdom of God is at hand. And then in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17 and verse 21, he says that people say the kingdom of God is here or the kingdom of God is there. Because the kingdom of God is in our midst. So, is the kingdom of God near, or is the kingdom of God at hand, or is the kingdom of God here, or is it there, or is it in our midst? How confusing is that? And of course the answer is yes. It's yes to all those things. The kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is there, and the kingdom of God is in our midst. And that's why we continue to pray that prayer, your kingdom come. We constantly seek and pray for God's kingdom to come. And sometimes we see little glimpses of God's kingdom breaking through in our world and we rejoice and we celebrate when we see that. But at other times we don't. And we have to hold that tension. We haven't to allow the disappointments and the disbelief to rob us of the hope of resurrection. Our God isn't the God of endings. He's the God of new beginnings. And the resurrection wasn't the end. It was a new beginning. So, further, your kingdom come. We've got to go further through that disbelief. Oscar Coleman talking about the, uh, the Second World War. He likens it to the difference between D-Day and V-Day. He says the decisive battle in war may have already occurred in a, a relatively early stage of the war, and yet the war still continues. Although the decisive effect of that battle is perhaps not recognised by all, it nevertheless already means victory. But the war must still be carried on 
for an undefined time until Victory Day. In D-Day, when the, when the, when the, when the, uh, the, the troops landed on, on the beaches and, and, and the Germans started to retreat, was the decisive battle. That's our Good Friday. The battle was won. But VE Day didn't come till, what was it, 12 months later, longer? And uh, we still wait, VE Day, which is, of course, when Christ returns. And we don't know when that will be. So we have to live in that tension of the now and the not yet. We carry on. Some of you are familiar with the carry-on films, perhaps. Not very politically correct these days. Uh, But the church has to carry on. Because that's Jesus' plan for the world and for the salvation of the world is through the church. There isn't a plan B. There isn't another plan. God's plan A was the church. And so we carry on. And sometimes, of course, in the church, it feels like a right carry-on, doesn't it? Um, But we carry on and on. And that means going through disbelief and through uh, disappointments. So further through disbelief, And further in distance, we have to go further in distance. Jesus, uh, before he left the disciples, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. To the end of the earth. Further in distance we're to go to the ends of the earth and maybe for some of you Lum feels like the ends of the earth but how far the gospel has reached from those early days when the early church set out and notice they started in Jerusalem which was, of course, the, 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 the heartbeat of, of the religious society. And then they reached out into Judea, uh, which was still quite a religious place. And then they went into Samaria, uh, which was a place where their enemies lived. And then they reached out to the ends of the earth. And each time they're reaching out further and further and further with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So further in distance. You see, the Holy Spirit wasn't given just for us to enjoy the Holy Spirit in the church. The Holy Spirit was given to empower us to go further with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And the important word there is because. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because it's anointed for those reasons. And it's the same with us. We've been anointed through the Holy Spirit, but not for our own enjoyment, for the benefit of others and the fervence of the kingdom of God. Again, Chris Rogers says, Jesus makes no mention of the Spirit being poured out for worship times, ministry times, or church services. It's not that the Spirit doesn't want to be involved in those things, but that for Jesus, the because is for bigger, further, and wider things. Jesus has the Spirit not for himself, but for others. And the same is true of us. The same Spirit anoints us because we are set apart for bringing justice, 
bringing healing, blessing the poor, and restoring the broken. That's what we are anointed for. That's what Jesus wants his church to be involved in. And that's why Jesus pours out his Holy Spirit on the church, so that we can be anointed for those things. Isn't that exciting? Are you excited that God wants to anoint you uh, to be good news, to release the captives, to set free the broken, and to declare the year of the Lord's favour? So we go further into the world. The Spirit propels us further into the world. The Spirit doesn't contain itself within the church. We spoke last week about the fire exits and the idea that the fire goes out into the world and the fire of the Holy Spirit is out there working on people's lives. And we need to get out more. We need to get out more. Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Again, this is about the idea that it's not just words that we preach, but we go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we want to see the power of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. So further in distance. And then finally, you'll like this. Further in daring. Further in daring. Did you ever play that game when you were at school? I dare you. I double dare you. And somebody would dare you to do something. You know. I'm sure, maybe it was just me. (laughs) Speaks a lot about my childhood. Maybe I'm the clue what I'm talking about. But people would dare you and you'd do something ridiculous. Something silly. Well, we are not alone when we dare to go out. We're not alone. Because we're called to go to the ends of the world, but we're called by the one who has said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us to the very end of the age. And you can't get much further, can you, than the end of the age. You can't get much further than the end of the world, and you can't get much further than the end of the world age. And Jesus goes with us. And so, as we dare, Paul, uh, the writer of the Hebrews reminds us that therefore, we, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which easily ensnares us. Let us run the, with endurance the race that is set before us. This idea that there's a cloud of witnesses encouraging us on. Many years ago, when I was uh, when I was younger, I ran a marathon. Can you believe that? Twenty six and a half miles. And there's something about when when the crowd cheers you on that encourages you. And the writer of the Hebrews imagines this cloud of witnesses that are looking down and encouraging us on in our service of God. You know, at sporting events, uh, that's what the crowd is there for, isn't it? Uh, didn't seem to work yesterday, did it, with the rugby? Swing low. You can't get much lower than, than, uh, than getting knocked out at the, uh, at the early stages, can you? But the, 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 the crowd's job, sometimes in football, they talk about the crowd being the 12th man. 
because they encourage them on. And the writer of the Hebrews imagines this cloud of witnesses that's encouraged us and say, come on, church, dare greatly, be bold, be strong as you, as you dare to go further and as you reach out into your community. Be daring. Are you feeling very daring? Because I've got a dare for you. I want to dare you this morning. I want to dare you. Even double dare you. Because uh, I like the way Chris Rogers finishes his book because that's what he does. He finishes it with a dare. And it's a dare that I think will challenge us. And this is what he says. I dare you to actively pursue doing and practicing the things that Jesus taught his disciples. I dare you to have enough foolishness to believe that the things Jesus showed his disciples are still what he wants his church to do. Pray for the sick. Wait on the Holy Spirit daily. Ask him to fill you so that you might be empowered to have a wider imagination for the world around you. Focus on what the Lord has done and not what he hasn't done yet. And allow your concept of God to expand, grow and become a wide angle panoramic view of his kingdom. Be daring enough to sit with others in the unknowing of Holy Saturday while holding on to the hope of the resurrection that will come. I dare you to worship a much higher, bigger and more expansive God who is closer than you could ever imagine. I dare you to spend as much time as possible waiting on him to take you deeper into the living water. I dare you to pursue a wider and more extensive work of the Spirit as you seek justice Pray for the sick and set the captive free. And I dare you to be led further into what God has for you and his beautiful church. I dare you. Are you up for a dare this morning? Are you up for that dare? We can go further. Further than we ever imagined was possible. If we dare in the power of the Holy Spirit. So would you join me? And would you say the words in red as I read the words in white as we come to this end of this series immeasurably more? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.